Welcome everyone to Memphis Hardwood and what a day to be talking about Memphis Grizzlies basketball with Marvin Stockwell. Marvin, welcome and how are you? I'm doing fantastic on the other side of that. <laughs> that was amazing, you know. We, we like to keep down. This, we like to keep this a family friendly show here at Memphis Hardwood. Um, but that was a good old fashioned whooping. <laughs> yes, it was a dump trucking. I like to say we dump truck them. No doubt. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, from the opening tip, it was clear to me that the Grizzlies were focused and energized and frankly look like oh, the better man. team. Um, there's a lot to get to, yeah. obviously. John Morant didn't play in the game. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. continues to have an excellent series. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Steven Adams um, operating from the elbow, um, making the half-court offense hum. Mm. Uh, mm. Desmond Bain appears to be back. Um, yes. but, but before we get into any of the X's and O's, the statistics and all that kind of stuff, um, yeah. let's talk a little bit about Steph Curry. And you probably saw this yesterday because um, before the game, he was asked, what's the game plan <laughs> for the Warriors? <laughs> And he said, oh, we just have a simple game plan. Whoop that trick. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Harrington, of course, had an article out today where he's like, you know, the talking back and forth, that's part of what makes it fun. But sometimes you make a statement like that and there's some comeuppance, right? That goes afterwards. Clearly. Um, <laughs> and so um, they, they didn't, in fact, whoop that trick. Um, the shoe was no. on the other foot, as they say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Draymond Green, it was interesting because you're watching the game because when they finally did play whoop that trick, he was like swirling his towel around with the fans, like getting riled up with them, you know. Um, and so, I mean, interesting making, approach. Well, right. I know. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, I can't decide whether I don't like Draymond Green or whether I do like him and why one way or the other. I can't make up my mind, Marv. I kind of I think I generally don't like him, but. I like, I, I kind of like, that was a kind of a master stroke to be like, I'm just going to get into this. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> he kind of gave himself over to it, you know? Um, really so that's, did. that's cool. And I mean, I think he's a colorful character. Like yeah. he is like, if anything, the reason we love Dylan, the villain, uh, and, and just the reason you love a, a Tony Allen figure is that they're unpredictable. And like so much it's in true. life is like, well, you know, this product has been polished to, you know, this brand or whatever is going to exactly what you expect. Right. You know, and it's like, I, I think we all crave surprise in life and like Draymond green throws you surprises. He no does unexpected things that are interesting. So That's like in true. a way, in a way I, I love Draymond green. I, I love Draymond green for what he brings to the game, the yeah. animus and the, like the pushback, but it's like, it's like he's like a heel in wrestling right like you you love the heel in the fact that you hate the heel but you love you love to hate him right Uh, and then that comes coupled with the fact that he is he is it's a a fantastic basketball player right so yeah 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 yeah. so he's just an interesting interesting package uh and to have that thrown in the kind of like back and forth shoving match uh, between fandoms, which for, for <laughs> finally is in a, is the kind of in the, the proper moorings, oh, right? I it's not totally agree. Un, you know, like, and we've had like the series got really unfun there for a second, Absolutely. but now it's back to the kind of like jocular, but kind of 
angry, you know, filled with like carcinogenic smoke pouring out of the top of our heads. Kind (laughs) of like fun crap that you like, you know? Right. It's back to being in really many ways about basketball. I mean, we're we're talking about the back and forth, but even the back and forth, right. And all the jive it's, it's about um, it's, it's about the game. It's about who's playing well. Um, And I really felt like the Grizzlies played extremely well, actually in game four. Um, And I feel like that's really carried over um, into game five. Um, And, you know, after, you know, after game four, um, I think Grizzlies fans really obviously lamented leading for 47 minutes and 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. We talked about that Mm -hmm. here on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But but then going into this game, you could see how right, it really carried forward. And, and I mean that even as a fan watching the game, I enjoyed it a lot more. Nobody got thrown out. <laughs> that was cool. There were no suspensions. Yeah. Uh, refs let them play. The refs let them yeah. play. I mean, I feel like the officiating is really leveled out in a positive way. Nobody's complaining really on either side. Totally of agree. Whistles. Yeah. So I think we have landed in a good place. I, I want to mention this because we actually didn't talk about it when it came out. But Draymond Green, um, after they played the first two games in Memphis, talked about how much he loves uh, Memphis music um, and how into Memphis hip hop he was. And he had he kind of waxed eloquently right about all the the good music. But okay, yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. And and um, Mm -hmm. uh, my Internet's not cooperating, but there's an excellent Daily Memphian story where he goes through and talks about and he even comments on Young Dolph, uh, you know, being, being killed in Memphis at Makeda's Cookies and. And he talked about how tragic that was and mm-hmm. talked about Yo Gotti, uh, talked about whoop that trick and, um, mm-hmm. you know, just just the incredible scene coming out of Memphis. He's like, he's like, I love Memphis rap. <laughs> he's like, you know, and I love he's like, I love what the city's about. I love the culture. And he was clearly sort of speaking in on hip hop culture. And it's like it just goes to your point about the 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 unexpected things. He's I never yeah. would have expected Draymond to say so many nice things about Memphis. Right. And and then he does. And, and, and again, that's where I'm like, well, do I do I kind of hate Draymond or not? Because on the basketball court. OK, you think about Tony Allen. Right. And you're like, yeah. OK, or Patrick Beverly. Right. You're like, mm-hmm. OK, these guys, they're absolute dogs. When they're on your team, you're grateful. If they're not on your team, you hate. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, does is that does Draymond Green fall in that category? And I'm like, honestly, Marv, obviously he's not on our team, hasn't been on our team, won't be on our team, unlike his teammate Andre Godala. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I would like Draymond even if he was on our team. And, and, and let me say the reason why. And, and this is not a I don't mean this is a knock. I'm sure he's a nice person, and obviously he's a great basketball player. What I don't like is that he's constantly talking to the refs. He's constantly mm-hmm. in their ears complaining about things and he is so outspoken right as a player now i'm not talking about trash talking all our guys trash talk i'm talking about dream on is just constantly talking whether it's the officials i I know you know he's a real live wire that's it that's a good way to put it you know you know a corollary that jumps to mind is matt barnes Oh, good Matt point. Barnes from the Clippers, man. I oh, could that he, I hated him worse than all the rest, <laughs> you know, like, I, but then <sighs> the minute he became a Grizzly. Oh, oh yeah. I loved him and, Absolutely. and he and became a fan favorite. And yeah. like, uh, I had friends that interacted with him, you know, yeah. like at the games and stuff. And he posed for, you know, you know, he did all the stuff that a lot of basketball players, Oh, I'll take a picture with your kid. Oh, sure. You know, it's like lovable, tatted up Matt Barnes. So like, I would bet that if Draymond Green became a Grizzly, I would love him. But yeah, honestly, my, my Grizzlies fandom is kind of like, if you're in the family, like I would just like, we'll work it out. You know, (laughs) 
Well, another person like Mario Chalmers. Who thought we'd ever embrace Mario oh, Chalmers? It's a great. That's a great point. <laughs> right. Yeah, the after, guy who carved our heart out. Absolutely. With the Tigers. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh right. And of course, I, I remember him. that was the year that uh, the that was the year the Grizzlies got down. Remember the hateful eight? They only had eight players available for some games, and oh, it was yeah. like, and Mario Chalmers was leading them at the point because Mike Conley was hurt. Um, yep. and so you're like, yep. gosh. And then I remember he, when he blew out his, uh, he, he blew out his, um, not his ACL, the thing on the back of your, uh, your back of your leg. I'm forgetting the name of it right now, but it yeah. was basically a career ending injury for him. And I remember we were playing mm. the Celtics. I was watching that game in Nashville with Keith and the fast break breakfast guys. We were all there together. We saw it. Oh, it was like, oh my God, we were so broken up over Mario Chalmers, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, blowing out his Achilles. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and then basically ended his career. So you're right. When, when they come over to our side, right, we like them. And it's just been such a weird ba- emotional battle in my brain, like watching Draymond and being like, dude, you're a menace yeah. to society. And then on the same hand being like, oh, you talk nicely about the Grizzlies in Memphis. Right. Here, here, I saw a thing on Twitter where somebody was suggesting it. And I'm not saying I, I necessarily believe this. Oh, this is an interesting idea. It's like, Man, Draymond's talking, saying so many things nice about Memphis. Is he? Is this a secret campaign? Because he knows he's going to get traded, and he's he would. I mean, if you're Draymond Green, and it's like, well, if the Warriors dynasty's fading, oh yeah, does he have does he have some Vince Carter level like final few years that he could go be the veteran you know, oh. to oh, coach dude. up the young grit? I don't know whether oh, that's dude. true or not, but like. Yeah. And a lot of people are like hard pass, man. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know. You know, like if all of a sudden we had the opportunity to pick up Draymond Green on the cheap, like, I don't know, as a like a lasted, you know, minimum. I don't know what that would work out salary wise, yeah. but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's not the craziest idea, honestly. Oh, listen, if, 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 if we had an opportunity to get say Draymond on the veterans minimum coming off the bench, you bet your bottom dollar. Well, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like crazier things have I mean, happened. He's he's an extraordinary basketball mind. I mean, even last night, well, I'd say especially last night, as they were getting down, you could see him getting to the right spot on the court with the ball and trying to get guys in position to cut and get it yeah. open for passes. He was directing yeah. traffic. He sees the game at a level that few other players on the court see it. And that's why he's the center of that Golden State offense. Um, and so, no, I mean, it's, you know, there's just no question, right. Um, that he's, he's an incredible basketball mind. And I think you're right. I think actually, you know, if he, if he came to Memphis, I'd probably, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably want to, I'd probably, if I can love Matt Barnes, I'm just saying like Matt Barnes, like the minute he switched teams, I'm like, I love Matt Barnes, Uh, maybe not immediately, but like, it didn't take me long. Yeah, to be yeah, like, yeah. I like my, Matt Barnes. Yeah. Get him in here. He's in the we, family. We we got to celebrate this a little bit. I mean, Memphis fans will will have probably read this, but Calkins did an article. Now it's um, it was it was during the first couple of games um in the season, and so this was published back on May second, so about 10, 10 days ago, which feels like an eternity for goodness sakes, right? Sure. When you're in the playoffs, but he so you know Calkins was asking him about. Uh, Tillman and Jackson. So Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr. They all went to Michigan State, you know. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, in a playoff series, you got to do what you got to do. The guys you have close relationships with in a playoff series, they're going to try to take your head off, and you're going to try to take their head off. That's just the reality of it. You're competing for something that you put your heart into. You put your heart into this. You dedicate a lot of time to it. You sacrifice a lot for this. But ultimately, they stand in the way of what I want, and I stand in the way of what they want. When you step on the court, that's all that matters. But the love don't change. The love is the love. 
it's that's like, cool dude that's, that's so kind of beautiful that's so endearing yeah. you know and yeah and so and then so somebody asked him about young Dolph, um and he said first off r.i.p you want to continue to send your love to his family just because the world moves on they're still dealing with that daily so i'm always going to send my love to his family and the city of memphis he was a staple he was someone who took care of the community who gave back stayed in his community touch his community so i send my love and respect and then he says, um, he says, you know, as for the, the, the young Dolph songs on the Warriors playlist, because they have this playlist that they have and Dolph's on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He says, we, we kind of have this thing where when we're in a city, we play music from that city. He said, Dolph is incredible. I don't get in on people's beef. I'm a Yo Gotti fan. I love Dolph. I love Gotti. I love Moneybag. Like I said, I'm not from Memphis. I don't live in Memphis, so I don't get caught up in all of that. I love all their music. It's more so obviously a tribute to the city. What sucks is when you get to cities that don't have big rap bands, you're kind of looking forward to it. You're like, oh man, we're in Memphis. We're about to listen to Dolph. We're about to listen to Moneybag. We're about to listen to Gotti. He's like, dude, he says, he says, I love Memphis music. I think Memphis kind of has their own sound. Like I said, I don't get into people's beef, but it would be great. I don't know what happens. I don't get into all the politics, but it'd be great if all those guys could all make music together because they're all so incredible. And I'm just like, man, I mean, right. I mean, Again, so this is part of my my tangled feelings about <laughs> Draymond mm-hmm. Green, right? As we think about the yeah. Warriors, um, it's yeah. just it's yeah. for me, and I know it's probably true for you. It's hard to yeah. it's hard to be critical and and not like guys who say nice things about Memphis. Bottom line, right? And here's the other thing, <clears throat> you know, like my wife likes vampire novels. Like I don't like vampire novels, but like for me, like all humans need narrative of some sort that's not like that's the stuff that we're actually living we, we need a bit of, a, of, a, of escapism something where we can just kind of like i don't know live vicariously or whatever and for me it's 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 grizzlies basketball and it's yeah. not just the x's and the o's and the points and the stats it's really right. not it's the human element that underpins it that's the relatable part you right. know like draymond green loves music I like music. You yeah. like music. Most people like music of some stripe. So when yeah. he has a strong feeling about liking music and yeah, when he, espou- when he espouses a love of Memphis music, it makes you feel good. Cause like, especially if you're a Memphis music homer, like myself, who's part of the Memphis music scene, it's like, that makes you feel good. Cause it's like, yeah, that's right. Memphis. Right. Absolutely. So it's, it's just human nature to, to be drawn to the narrative uh, of yeah. all this. And I think that's what really wins our hearts yeah. and it's, it's worth celebrating. Yeah, for sure. Well, Draymond last night, you know, when asked about it, um, you know, he, he chanted, whoop that trick, you know, get him as he was going out of the media room. And so he continued to, <laughs> to kind of play on that theme. Um, but when Clay Thompson was asked last night in his media comments, um, you know, about what happened, um, he was like, he it was, was a disaster. Shattered. Yeah, he was completely shattered. Clay Thompson was like, Oh yeah, my God. <laughs> he was. A, I mean, I felt I, I didn't actually I didn't feel bad for him, but you know what? He was just sitting there like stunned and like, uh, you know, unconsolable. Yeah, absolutely. Inconsolable. Well, and I, I mean, I didn't feel bad for them, but I also do know what it feels like to be on the other end of that, <laughs> you know, yeah. And recently. To, yeah. And to be getting dump trucked in the playoffs. Right. Um, And, you know, let's talk about the game for a minute because. Yeah. You know, I was listening to Shaq and Charles um, and Kenny and Ernie, and I like those guys. They are they are hilarious. The Shaq they did Shaq in the phone oh last God. night on TNT, and it was so yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. I was I was belly laughing. Um, but you know, and obviously Charles kind of has to play um, 
the devil's advocate and he's always kind of the gadfly right in those situations Mm -hmm. and what he and what he said last night was they were not focused he said this at halftime he said they came in they're not focused when you have 14 turnovers at the half you are not focused when you're giving up 70 points um halfway through the game you're not Mm -hmm. focused you're not locked in Mm -hmm. well what curry said right coming in and clay thompson as well they said we're here to close this series out so that means you are I mean, at least purportedly in, in word focused, right. Going into the game. Um, what is your read on why this happened right now? Th- of course the Grizzlies kind of got blowed out in game. Uh, was it game two mm-hmm. um, or game one rather? No, no, no. It was game three. The first game back in golden state, they got blowed out. Yeah. So there's been a couple of blowout games now on both sides. Sure. Um, but otherwise, and Harrington was writing about this today. Otherwise these point, these games have been decided by three or less. So it's kind of a weird situation now, right? Where Grizzlies are down three, two, there's been a blowout on each side. Grizzlies could easily have won the series at this point. The Warriors easily could have won the series Mm -hmm, at this point. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what do you think happened last night, Marv? And, And what does it mean for how we think about this going forward? I think the Warriors huffed their own fumes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I think when they came back and won that game, uh, you know, it wasn't too dissimilar from that game where it looked like the Timberwolves had us and then we snuck up and beat them, you know, and that, that did kind of like just like crush the Timberwolves soul a little bit. They're like, yeah. oh, God. But like they actually went ahead and I think it really got in their heads. And I think it was what helped us go ahead and finish them off. Yeah. And I think that the Warriors, especially if you're think about this, they're the Golden State Warriors. Like, I mean, they're a vaunted, like, historically important team with arguably one of the greatest players of all time leading it, right? So it's like you can understand that they've got a little bit of ego. And when they were kind of getting beat and then they kind of, like, stole it away from them at the last minute, I think they walked in there thinking, we got these guys, these punks, man, these young kids. Yeah, They huffed their own fumes and they believed their own hype and they thought they could come in there and be like, we're the magnificent warriors. Thought you knew. Glad to be back in Memphis. We're gonna crush you real and, quick. And by the and way, that didn't work. And, and by the way, that is what Draymond said. He was like, right. we, are, "We are not the Minnesota Timberwolves. This is Golden State Warrior basketball. This is championship basketball." And so, I mean, that's literally what they were saying, right? And then, of course, I mean, how can you read Steph Curry's comment other than arrogance and confidence? So total arrogance. So arrogance. I think I think your read is right. So, but then what does that mean for where we are in this series? I mean, does that mean that the Grizzlies are the potentially better team? Does that mean that the Grizzlies can win two straight? I mean, obviously we're, we're fans, right? So we're, we're thinking about this in a different yeah. way. I wouldn't want Jaron Jackson Jr. to say, Hey, can we win two straight? I know he's not going to say that. I know that that's, that's not, not the smart thing to say. No, the mentality yeah. is one play at a time. Let's start with the tip. Let's get into our offense. Let's get yeah. get our defense set up, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's the way they need to be thinking. But for us as fans, as prognosticators, as people who are along for the ride and enjoying this, what does it mean for how we think about these teams and what's going to happen next? I think, again, back to last game, I think we demonstrated that we could win, that we could win at Golden State even without John Morant and with Dylan Brooks playing a lousy, lousy game. And we still almost won. Okay. So now we've gone and we have shown like 
last night's game was an ex, was a, a, a impressive show of sheer raw power that you can say totally. it almost harbin it's almost a harbinger of the youth movement to come like we're the oh. next chapter oh, y'all dude. are fading no away doubt. so now, right now now you have to think have we gotten in their heads if we can say we almost won the previous game and we didn't even play well and we didn't have John Morant now we absolutely destroyed them at our house. Yeah. Now, can we now arguably we were shooting lights out and we're not we're probably not always going to have Melton hitting threes, Zaire hitting yeah. threes, Tyus. Uh, Sharon Jackson Jr. hitting threes, Desmond Bain hitting through threes and Tyus yeah. Jones hitting threes. Exactly. Like everyone was shooting the three ball really well. Yep. That's probably not going to happen. But you know what? We don't need to win by 39. No, <laughs> you know? no, no. So like, we just need to win by one. So. Can we go in to win and win at Golden State? I think we absolutely can. Do I think that the Warriors are going to bow up and bring their absolute dead level best? Yes. Do I think we can stand up under that dead level best and still win? Yes, I do. Yeah. And if we even it up and bring the series back to Memphis, oh, dude, anything can happen. And if, oh, yeah. in a way, it might be really over then. Like the Warriors have got to be thinking to themselves, we better close these guys out at our house. I mean, you know, like, it's kind of their must win in a way. Oh, for I mean, sure. It's a must win for us. It's a must win. For them. So from a fan perspective, it's going to be just like basketball fan riches to the to kingdom come because you're, you're going to see two teams whose season is kind of on the line. The Grizzlies, most principally it's on the line, but the Warriors have, I think the Warriors have to think we need to win this game because we do not want to go back to Memphis for a game seven. I mean, again, of course, a game seven would also be, unbelievably thrilling so from a oh, fan dude. perspective yeah we are in the driver's seat for some of the most like incredible basketball yeah uh that a fan could ever ask for in the, in the next one to two games absolutely i mean what you said about kind of the changing of the guard the shifting momentum with the youth an insurgent youth movement and potentially an outgoing um dynasty i mean really the warriors were a dynasty um i think that's so right i mean when you've got 22 year old jaron jackson jr hitting his first four shots, two threes, two shots, posting up, right? Going right to the rack. Uh, he's blocking. He blocks two shots. He grabs eight rebounds, goes four of six from three, 21 points. He's plus 42 on the night. They got no answer for him. He's t- they got he, no, no answer. And no. Jaron knows it now. Unequivocally. Exactly. He That's, knows yeah. it and he knows how exactly. to go do it. Exactly. I don't think they have an answer for him. And dude, I was just so our game plan, man. You know? I was, I was so anyway. proud of him because when he went down Crap. low, when he went down low, I was like, you know, he's got that, he's, he's got the off arm and often he he'll push off on guys and get an offensive foul. Yeah. He never did that. He just kept, he used that arm just like this. He kept it bent and then he raised up with his left hand and just shot over guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and basically yeah. hit every shot down there, except for one. I remember rolling out right there, right there at the uh, yeah. rim. And yeah. I was like, Oh, Dude. And I tweeted out last night. I was like, I think the person who really needs to know that Jaron is unguardable finally does know. And that's Jaron himself. It's Jaron. There's that's no right. answer. And especially now with Otto Porter going out. And obviously you don't like to see injuries in a series because you mm-hmm. want everybody to play at the highest level. But I mean, the, the Warriors are already small. They only have one big now and his name's Draymond Green. So yeah. And we got size for days. Oh, dude. And, and let's talk about Steven Adams. So here's, oh here's another thing that I think yeah. was different from game four to game five. In game four, Steven Adams hadn't played basketball at the NBA level 
for what two and a half weeks plus he just yeah. had freaking covid and exactly they're not testing guys who have coming into the arena so they could have covid and play they're you're only not playing if you have symptoms and so obviously he was sick so he comes back after game four <clears> hasn't <throat> played nba basketball in two and a half weeks gets inserted mm-hmm. into the playoffs on their court and the grizzlies come up just short well then game five Steve-O was looking pretty freaking comfortable. He was back. I mean, oh, my God. It was such a wonderful thing to behold. Mm -hmm. He did what Steve-O does. Um, He got 13 rebounds, (laughs) right? Uh, He had six offensive rebounds, seven defensive rebounds, plus 32. Only had seven points, but we don't need him to score, right? We just want you to be out there grabbing rebounds and giving us extra possessions. And He did get that great and one. And oh, he, shot the, he shot free throws pretty good. Out of he nowhere. did. Yeah, he did yeah. pretty well. And here's the deal. I mean, this is what everybody's writing about, but this is what Grizz, fan, Grizz fans, this is what you need to see and what you, you want to see. The Grizzlies had 11 more shots than the Warriors did. And the Grizzlies had 19 more possessions. Excuse me. They had 11 more made shots and they had 19 mm-hmm. more uh, field goal attempts. 19 wow. more field goal attempts. Yeah. Why? Because you're getting offensive rebounds. So we absolutely dominated them on the offensive glass, 18 to four. We got more defensive rebounds, 37, 33. The Warriors had uh, total turnovers last night, 22 turnovers. The Grizzlies had 10. Wow. The, The Grizzlies earned 29 points off of turnovers. The Grizzlies had 50 points in the paint to 36 points in the paint. What does that all add up to? That's the way we've watched this Grizzlies team play, Marv. For 82 games this season, plus six games before that. So 88, and I mean, with the Minnesota series is a little bit off, right? There was no Steven Adams, but, but, but for those 82 games where the Grizzlies earned the second best uh, record in the NBA, this is how they played. And so, and I mean, 20 and five without John Morant, right? I think we're a pretty dangerous team, even without John Morant. And I love John Morant. I really oh, do, dude, but like, no doubt. I think we're a well-oiled machine that's finally back in shape and remembering its strengths and playing to them and rounding into form. So, like, yeah, well, I think we can go like again one game at a time. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Well, right. we, we we ate some serious elephant last night, oh, and yeah. we've got some we've got we got we got some more uh, elephant flank steaks to eat before it's all over. But <laughs> I'm just saying, out. all we have to do is win one game at a time. And I will tell you what. <clears throat> The one thing that I that I heard, like I don't normally watch, like sit there and watch all the post game, but I was catching up with Twitter and I just kind of let it roll. And and then and then they went to the Celtics uh, 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 Bucks, Bucks game highlights yeah. afterwards. So I kind of tuned out for that. And then they kind of came back to the to the Grizzlies Warriors stuff. And Shaq said, "The Warriors will beat the Grizzlies by, by 30. thirty. I yeah. guarantee it." Yeah. And, he, and then he doubled down. And he said, "I guarantee it." And he talked to talk to Barkley, and Barkley's kind of shaking his head. He's like, "Now I know you. You know, he, Shaq says you're Grizzlies, so it's kind of like you know Barkley's the the Grizzlies fan. Shaq's like, if Barkley didn't rush to our defense to say, "Oh man, they're going to beat no. him." But I'm like, he let Shaq say several times, "The Warriors are going to sh- are going to rise up and show show what they're made of and show their championship DNA or whatever he said." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was some version of the Kings will rise, and I'm like, I'm not sure they're gonna man. Yeah. I think we're in their heads and I think we figured it out and I think we can go in there. It's going to be a battle. It's probably going to be a yeah. close game. And do I think the Warriors might beat us? Of course, man. Yeah. They oh, could yeah. stake it like it's going to tear. 
there are some crazy shooters on that team. Oh, dude, but, no, uh, doubt. no doubt. But but if we win the next game, I feel really good about us winning game seven. Yeah. So I don't know that we're not going to pull this off. Well, I really don't. I mean, two things. First of all, the Grizzlies are playing with house money. I mean, I went into last night right. fully prepared um, to, to watch the last Grizzlies game of the season. You know, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a, I was trying to kind of make it a sacred moment and celebrating they folded. They could have oh, said, ah, it's oh, been dude, nice. You know, how many teams have folded when you're down three, one. Exactly. Um, and that leads to the second point, which is in 2016, the golden state warriors had a three, one lead on the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA finals and the Cleveland Cavaliers won the NBA championship. Yeah. Now they had LeBron James, best player in the world at that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John Morant, one of the probably top five best players in the world right now, he's sidelined. But we have a team that plays like a team, that assists the ball, that pounds the ball into the paint, that crashes the glass, that plays together, that has good vibes, solid camaraderie, mm-hmm. that stays away from hero ball. And by the way, Dylan, I thought, did a great job last night. Dylan had a great game. He, he had a great game. I thought he played within himself. That's what we need yes, out of him. Let's do, let's do yep. more of that. And so um, I agree with you. I don't think uh, I don't expect the Grizzlies to go in and win in Golden State, but I also don't not expect them, Marvin, to go mm-hmm. in and win in Golden State. So like you say, for, for those possible. of us who love the game and who love these Grizzlies, um, we're going to have a fantastic game on our hands tomorrow night yep. as the Grizzlies travel back to the Bay and try to get this series evened up three to three and bring it back to FedEx Forum so that we can at last whoop that trick in Memphis <laughs> and put an end to this dang thing one bite at yes. a time. So many one elephant flank steaks that we need to consume. <laughs> uh, and Marvin, you need to go yeah. and uh, go pick up. I got to go pick up Cormac because Cormac's going bananas about the season too. It's like, we cannot <laughs> stop talking Grizzlies. We're, we're shooting night hoops at like nine 30 at night and keeping oh, the neighbors yes. up and we just can't stop. And yeah, if we're not shooting awesome. on the actual hoop. He's bringing the Nerf hoop goal into my room. And so we're watching the Grizzlies <laughs> and during timeouts, we're like, Dunking the Nerf hoop goal yes. and setting each up for alley oops. Oh, posterizing dog, nice. baby. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, oh my gosh. Too hopefully the Grizzlies will be back in game seven. And hey, maybe you'll get out there and watch them if they do. Thanks, Marv. Hey, it's been a good time. Tell Cormac I said hello. Glad you can enjoy this. And, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Memphis Hardwood. we got a great game coming up tomorrow night. And once that game is done, we'll break it all down right here on Memphis Hardwood. Take care, folks. Go business.